You found the Miracle of Deliverance podcast. If you need freedom or want to know more about casting out devils, praying for those in bondage, or interested in helping people be free through the power of Jesus Christ, then we are your people. Thanks for joining us. Hi, welcome to Pastors Connect. I'm Lisa Piper, and this is... Rick Hahn. So glad to be with you today, and we're going to discuss something that he and I are pretty passionate about. Oh, yeah. was dreaming about it, woke up studying about it this morning. Now I'm ready to talk about it. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about the good and the bad side of... Soul ties. Well, some people think they don't exist. Some people think they're all good and they're all bad. But we have come to destroy the erroneous thinking. Now, first, let me just say what a soul tie is. We have to separate the terms down. Yes. So a soul is your mind, will, and emotions, maybe your imagination. A tie is a link or a connector. You're not going to find the word soul tie in the scripture, but you're going to see the meaning of it there. Yes. So when your emotions are tied to someone else's emotions, or your will is tied with someone else's will, mm-hmm. then um, that is a soul tie. It's an attachment. It's the attachment of either your mind, will, or emotions, or your imagination. So yeah. a lot of times in deliverance, we see people that haven't been able to get set free because they still have that old attachment. could be from anything from someone they'd been intimate with. It, I've seen people have a soul tie to actually a website. Yes. Porn. That yep. kind of thing. Yep. In the middle of the night, they don't want to have these bad dreams, and they see these flashes of memory because they have this attachment with their emotions. And, you know, we can't do anything about that, but the Lord can separate the connection that we have with those things. So, Well, you said something the other day about, um, it was an unrelated subject, but you were talking about the fact that... Um, when you draw close to the Lord and other people draw close to the Lord, mm-hmm. that a connection can be made. Yes, yeah, sure. Because you're both drawing close to the Lord and the Lord makes the connection. Yeah. And the thing about a soul tie is is it's a great thing when the Lord makes the connection. Mm-hmm. But when you stand away from God and you're out in the world and you're out of God's will, then suddenly the devil gets to replicate or try to counterfeit God's power to make a soul tie because God gave us the power by his spirit, when he put us in dominion of the earth, to bind things on earth and bind things in heaven. And when we're not in a spiritual realm, we have the power to bind ourselves to things. Mm -hmm. That's true. And there's a scripture, 1 Corinthians 6.16, that talks about, know you not when you come in with a harlot, you become one. A husband and a wife become one. You literally can have a physical connection that makes a spiritual connection. So that is one form of the soul tie. Some of the good soul ties in the Bible would be like Ruth and Naomi. Yes, and uh, David and and Jonathan. And there's, there's lots of places where... People were bound together mm-hmm. with a, a single purpose. And in the world, a lot of times people who end up in war and they're in battle and they're fighting for their lives right next to somebody, yeah. that forms a soul tie that oftentimes you see people who who face death every day in war and they're tied together for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I've heard many wives in the military complain that guys were closer to their buddies they were in battle with than they were with them at times because yeah. 
just the, the the link that's made when they when they fight for each other and they fight to survive in war. My father-in-law was um, in Vietnam War, and he was among the platoon called the Walking Dead. Yeah, very few people survived that area. But even as older men, when they came together, there was a knitting and a glue and understanding that other people didn't have. But likewise, do you know? I've got a group of about four or five girls uh, and one guy that I went to high school with. And we were so tied for all those years. Whenever I see them, it's as if I'm 16 or 17 again. When I see them, I'm seeing us. I mean, even though we're all aged now. Right. I see the 16 or 17. I expect them to act the same. It's as if we were suspended in time because of that connection. So you can imagine if that turned a bad course. Right. You know, if, if you have some unhealthy parents and children connecting through lies, connecting through perversion, connecting right. through whatever. It can really affect a person, so much so that you almost know what other people are going to say because you're so connected to a lie. For example, have you ever gone into a room and immediately you didn't feel wanted, you didn't feel comfortable? No one did anything. Right. But you're connected to a lie, to a situation that happened before, and that connection it almost starts vibrating, and it affects how we think and how we feel. Right, and it, it changes how you see the world. Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Yeah, and the, and that's why <clears throat> if you're not connected to God in a Holy Ghost relationship where lies can be revealed, where ties can be broken, if you're not connected to the, the Holy Spirit as your supreme authority, you're, those ties for most people are inescapable. Yeah. I heard a psychologist say one time, and I didn't believe it, but she, not having a strong connection to the Lord, said, people don't ever change. Hmm. She said, you can you do. can help mitigate their selves, the negative parts of their selves, by giving them ways to handle themselves. But she said, they don't really ever change. They'll be that way for the rest of their lives. She was literally damning people to hopelessness that there was no way to change certain aspects of their lives because she wasn't giving them the resource of knowing that God could change anything. Yeah, he sure can. Uh, We meet a lot of people in ministry that are told they're always going to be a certain way, and usually it's with unbelief. Yes. And they feel an allegiance sometimes to the person they've connected to, you know, to believe that. And when I say... Do you know that you don't always have to live that way? And they're like, you know, why would you tell me a lie? Or what are you talking about? Our friend Amber, who, excuse me, who she had always dealt with thoughts of death and suicide. Right now she's writing a book on getting free from the spirit of death. But her testimony is that, you know, every day, even though she even trained people on how to... um, recognize suicidal tendencies. There wasn't a day that went by she did not want to die. And so I don't remember the conversation, but she said that I said, you know you don't have to live that way. And she was like, what are you talking about? It was yeah. so foreign. Yep. She had become familiar with this spirit of death, even tied to it, could not resist it hardly, um, even some tries with suicide. And the Lord cut that from her, set her free, and she does not. She actually helps to set people free. We don't, as believers, we have an arsenal of weapons the Lord's given to us, but we also have the anointing that breaks the yoke. And Jesus Christ came so that we could live free. Now, the problem I see with people not getting to all of the miracles 
is they are often connected to other things. I have an analogy we use sometimes when we're teaching where I take a piece of tape and I attach safety pins and dirt and all this kind of stuff to it. And then uh, you want to take this tape and close a box. You can't because there's so many things attached to the adhesive. Yeah. So when we come to the Lord and we have all these other attachments and we can't seem to connect with him, it's because he's not just going to join those attachments. We have to allow him to remove sometimes the things we hold precious. Well, when you when you have nothing um, and you don't have the Lord and you have traumatic things in your life or abusive people in your life, mm-hmm. they're all you know. Yeah. And, and, and it's a scary thing to take away from somebody the only thing they've ever known, even if it's bad. And that's why people stay in abusive relationships. That's why you, you sometimes when you start to minister to people, you have to be very, very careful because you'll, you'll scare them to oh, death. Yeah. yeah. And, and take people that get kidnapped and then they feel an allegiance to their kidnapper. That's a soul tie. That's exactly what that yep, is. Yep. And then uh, let, let's talk about some signs, some signs that you might have a soul, soul tie. tie. <laughs> Okay. Number one, you can't shake unwanted thoughts about someone or something from your past. You're literally tied to it. Mm. That could be a mistake that you've made that comes up and taunts you. That could be a person. It could be an event. You know, a, a teacher that I had, I had to literally not just forgive her, but ask the Lord to cut me from this memory. In the second grade, I had a teacher do something pretty wicked and caused um, some humiliation. I loved school, and then I hated it for a while because of her. And um, that memory was just so vivid, and I had to let the Lord come in and heal it. And I was tied to this teacher. I was tied to her thoughts of me and her rejection of me, and I allowed God to cut that off. If you come out of a church or you come out of someplace and you cannot shake these thoughts, there might be a soul tie. Absolutely. Relationships are a huge part of negative soul ties because you're introduced to it. You're born. Your first soul tie is your mother and father. That's true. And you grow up. And at some point, most people, the next move is they're in some kind of another relationship. That's their next soul tie. But the next strongest soul tie is their connection to a oftentimes an organization. Could be you went in the military. I know some people who are soul tied to high school. You can't talk to them five minutes. They're not talking about their high oh, school. Oh yeah. Days. And it's like and, they're still there. Even military people. Yeah. I talked to this one guy and he was like, We you know, about the military. And I was like, How long have you been out? I was expecting six months. It's like fifteen years. I was like, You're still there. Yeah, exactly. That's a good indication. If that's where your mind goes automatically, you might mm-hmm. still be there. And I had that. I was in a church for 37 years. And my point of reference for probably six years was always that church and what mm-hmm. they believed and what they thought and what they thought was right or wrong. And it was very hard for me to get out of certain toxic doctrines because I was connected back to that church all the time. Mm-hmm. And we don't always know what the sultans are, but God does. So we can connect ourselves to him. Now, we'll say I am connected to him with some very good memories. There are times that I will think about something God did in a service or something that he spoke to me, and it literally, that tie to those things gives me strength and gives me courage. doesn't bring me down. So, you know, that can work in two ways. You can. 
life is a continuous, you know, you never put your foot in the same river twice. Life is a continuous journey. You're always moving along in life. And and sometimes the water is sweet. Sometimes the water is bitter. And the choice you have is what are you going to remember? And Satan's job is to make sure you always remember the bad things. Mm -hmm. And when you get into a negative soul tie, you become immediately tied to all the bad memories. You can't even remember. I know there's certain things about my parents for years until I got delivered from it. I couldn't remember any good things about my parents. Mm -hmm. But yet when I got delivered from thinking negatively and tied to them in a negative way, all of a sudden I realized they did lots of good things. I just couldn't remember any of them anymore. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Well, the second way you can tell if you might have soul tie is that you either have dreams or fantasize about someone, not your spouse. I don't think you have to be married to do this, but there are a lot of men and women walking around feeling really guilty because they continually, or it pops up, they're thinking about this other person, just a soul tie. Just repent for that and say, God, would you cut this? I command this soul tie to go in Jesus' name. Disconnect yourself. And then the next time, if if that tries to come, you're like, absolutely not, and you refuse it. That's yeah. how you take care of That's that. That's the trick, refusing it. Yeah. yeah. And so and sometimes you can't help it because it's dreams at night. But if you're having dreams, sexual dreams or perverted dreams or just dreams that are tormenting you about someone, not your spouse or you know, that that's just a soul tie that needs to be cut, and the Lord can cut those. Ready for the third one? Yep. You are obsessed with a person, even if they aren't good for you. Now, that can be from Hollywood to someone that you know. Or, you know, when I was in high school, I had this friend who early on, what happened was she got a, a soul tie with this boy early on. That's why we have a hard time connecting to people that we should connect with is because we've already given our that part of ourselves away and it's yeah. connected. But she did that. She became obsessed. He, um, They created the soul tie and then they broke up and no matter what he did, she was obsessed with him. Yep. No. And if he would go do what he wanted to do, then come back and play with her, and she would fall back into his arms, and she never could say no. And, I mean, he was not a good boy. Yep. Because I, my boyfriend was in the same locker room with him. He's like, man, he, all he does is talk about the girls and what he supposedly does and that kind of thing. And But my friend could not stay away because she created time. Now, this is a warning to parents because who you let your kids stay around, they are going to make connections. Yeah. And the reason that they'll stand up to a parent and say, I will not break it off with this person is because they have created a soul time that has to be handled spiritually, but it would be better if we just did not expose our children to bad soul ties. Sometimes we can't help it. You know, sometimes there's split families. Right. But and well, and life, life just happens. You, you're not with them 24 hours a day. Things yeah, just true. happen. Yeah. Yeah. But that well, the other thing that with with uh, negative soul ties that happen to people is that we we create them rather gradually over time. Satan's really sneaky like that. Yeah, you end up with a situation where you just you're you're drawn to somebody and you don't know why, and so you end up just spending more and more and more time with them. It could be a somebody who claims to be very spiritual, and you start drawing on their spiritual so wisdom, or it could be a relationship, it could be a boss or a person at work. I've seen people who are morally very strict about their personal ethics, 
and they start working underneath somebody in a mm-hmm. corporation mm-hmm. and for the for reasons of the money or the prestige or the position they start adopting their boss's ethics and before yeah. they know it they're doing things they would have never imagined they would ever do because they start to over time get connected to somebody it's not like you flip a switch and bang you're tied to them it, it can creep up on you, which is why you have to watch for the little things that indicate it. Well, what you were talking about a while ago with connecting to the Lord, I am knitted and tied to a lot of prayer people. And some of that has happened because I'm praying for them. God is responding. And without even realizing it, you know, a lot of times I can just know how to pray for them because yep. we're both connected to the Lord. But there are people that I pray with regularly or I minister to with regularly, and we have a strong soul tie. I often know how to pray with them and know what to do. And I love that. And even the ability to minister. When my husband and I are playing music, like you put me singing and him playing, we're going to flow. He's not going to miss any notes. You put me with somebody who's a good anointed musician, but I don't have that connection with them. You know, we we could be doing this right here. Yep. Now, I do want to give just a little bit of a pause because healthy soul ties can also transform into unhealthy. And as a minister, there's some things I try to do that if I start seeing an unhealthy soul tie. One thing is, is if people begin to be obsessed with hearing your opinion, yes, they seek you out before they seek the Lord out, yep. that begins to be very unhealthy. And unhealthy, error-filled leaders will feed off of that, and they want people to need them. But that's where spiritual abuse comes in, where you're tied with someone, uh, where their will is affected by your will. So, their will, can... their will becomes comes before God's will. Yeah, that's and not good. I've been through that on with a couple of leaders in my lifetime, and I can tell you that when I mentor people and disciple people, mm-hmm. one of the first conversations we have within just a very short time of this conversation beginning, where I begin to mentor mm-hmm. and disciple with them, is I say, listen. Right now, I am a resource to you because you're a newborn babe in Christ. But one day, you're going to come to me, and I am not going to be your answer. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to give you anything at all. And the reason being is because I know that your first resource is going to have to be to pray and seek God and let God be your solution. Mm -hmm. And when I notice that you're coming to me before you're coming to God, I am going to give you nothing. And I just want you to be prepared for that day because it will come. It does, and it's hard on them. But if they want to seek the Lord, it creates it creates a, mat- a level of maturity. Right. The, one of the first signs that there's an unhealthy soul tie is control. Now, that could be spouses, that could be churches, that could be boss and employee. But if they are superseding your will, you know, control. And I, I know that for parents sometimes... Um, I remember Louis saying one time, he said, I want a parent in a way that doesn't squash their will. You know, I want to know that balance to where they're, I mean, they're going to have to take a bath. They're going to have to obey. But I, I want to know how, I don't want to be controlling. I want to be leading and guiding and, and that kind of thing. So sometimes it can be sticky, but the moment somebody has to control you, the moment that you feel undone because someone's will isn't being superimposed over you, that is a bad sign. Well, when somebody gives you no out, this is the way it's going to be, and there is no out. There's no there's no alternative anything. That's when you know it's unhealthy mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. When somebody says to you, fine, you can leave early. I don't want you to leave early. I'd rather you didn't leave early, 
but I'm going to dock your pay and I'm going to consider that in your evals when we do promotions because I really need you to be here. They're giving you a choice. Mm -hmm. There's a cause and a consequence. That's not control. That's just letting you know what the outcome of your decision is going to be. And good parenting does that. Good leadership does that in an organization. But I've been in a corner too many times being just verbally just beaten to death by somebody who's just going, there is no... There is no other solution. You either do what I it's 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 me or the deep blue sea. That's what it all boils down to. And they don't give you any other choice. Every single <laughs> every single alternative to not obeying them is hell or damnation or death. I mean, they make everything the death sentence if you don't obey them. And that's when you know you got to get out of that. Yeah. I, there is a woman that I so much love. And she is coming out of a religious organization that's pretty controlling. And as she's coming out of it, the people that she has had ties to are beginning to either snap that tie or uh, try to control. And so she changed, how do I put this? She changed one of her garments that was a requirement and one of the women said, let me tell you, this is just the beginning. The bad things that will happen to your children because you're doing this, and basically you're going to go straight to hell. Yeah. And so the woman messaged me, and I said, give me the scriptural verse for it. And she gave me the verse, and I said, let's read it. And nowhere does it say you're going to hell. Nowhere <laughs> does it get, say that your children are going to be destroyed. That's not what this says. But she had a hard time withdrawing because that's what she had been taught all of her life. Well, especially when you're a new Christian into an organization like that. You're, you're taught that from spiritual birth. When you're new in the faith, you tend to believe everything you're taught because so much good is coming with the bad. Yeah, like and babies. Then, and then, then when you're older, it's really hard to separate you. The, the, the Catholic Church, the Jesuit ministry in particular, in their founding, they, they, when, they, when the guy who founded the Jesuits could no longer fight, he was disfigured, he was injured, he began as a priest to start schools. Hmm. And that's where we get the Loyola University system. It's, from his, it, it's a Jesuit ministry. And interestingly enough is the fact that um, one of his statements, and I might be getting this quote not exactly right, but I know I'm close in its meaning, he said, give me a child from zero to six and I'll give you a Catholic for the rest of his life. Well, now. And that's a soul tie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. But there is a way of escaping those things. Now, here's another... uh, sign of a soul tie, even though the person is out of your life, maybe even deceased, or maybe they were just a figment of your imagination, you still feel connected. Maybe even objects connect. There are people that have things they shouldn't have and object-wise, but they are so connected to the person that connects them that they won't get rid of it. I know that uh, Derek Prince was teaching about the Lord began to deal with him about this painting he had of these dragons. It had been passed down through his family and, you know, probably worth a lot of money, but also it had that attachment to his ancestry, and the Lord began to deal with him, and that tie began. You can feel the tie begin to move, and he was like, I will obey the Lord. And I can't remember what he was needing to be set free from, but that when he removed that, that there was a tremendous blessing. And so we need to make sure we're not so tied to anything that we can't obey the Lord. Now, the thing with death, 
this may hurt some feelings, but I love you so much to tell you the truth, is that if what you're hanging on to is impeding your relationship with God, you have to let it go. Now, that includes a spirit. There are people that will get connected to a spirit of grief, believing that grief ties them to someone who's deceased. I experienced that for my own self. I thought if I let the grief go of my, of my son, that I was no longer connected to him. That wasn't, I was connected to grief. I wasn't connected to right, him. Right, right. And I know some parents that have lost children that it's like they have to hang on to something to hang on to their child. One of the most healing things we can do, and this may hurt, is to release the soul tie to people that are deceased. That person that's deceased doesn't have it, but we have it. So oftentimes for people that have had abortions or miscarriages or their children have passed or their spouse has passed, but they haven't let them go, it's almost as if they are still there. The pain is still there. The grief never gets any better. A good way to release that is go to the Lord and say, God, I give you my son, my daughter, my mother, I'm giving them to you right now. I let them, I release them into your hands, and I ask you right now to heal me. I thank you for their life. But some people won't be willing to do that. Right. But you're connected to death. You're connected to grief. Another thing that people do is they will see an aberration, a familiar spirit that they believe is great-grandma Sally. Right. And they will hold on to that, even entertain seeing that. Some people go to seances and attach to that. And guess what? They're connect- no, they're not connect- connecting to great grandma. They're connecting to a spirit. Right. And so if they think, if I let this go, I'm disconnecting to great grandma. That's not true. You're disconnecting to something that's plan- playing, that's a counterfeit to them. Right. It's not bringing you any wholeness. So we can not just connect to people and not connect to things, but we can connect to the spiritual realm. We have no business. What would you do if somebody came to your door on Halloween dressed up exactly like a dead relative you loved. Mm -hmm. You'd be so angry with them because they were counterfeiting. You'd know it wasn't your long-lost loved one. You'd Mm -hmm. be like, feel mocked. Yeah. And you're being literally mocked by the devil with these aberrations or these connections through these things. He's just literally playing dress up, Mm -hmm. and you're falling for it. It's so important to, to, to just break that stuff off. One of the textbook ways to handle this, and I know it's not a perfect example, but one day it just hit me like a brick in the head, man. It's like, you know, I'm pretty thick, so that's how sometimes God gives me things. Um, I was reading the story of Hannah and when she made her petition to Eli. Mm-hmm. Hannah had been coming as a tradition of a Jewish person, to uh, the Hebrew people. She'd been coming every year to that altar her entire life married to her husband. And she'd had the same problem of having no children every time. But one day, she came to that altar desperate enough, hungry enough, and willing enough. She literally purified herself, came before the altar, laid her petition before God, gave this thing to God, purely, 100% unbroken, no reservations, holding nothing back, but she she purified it first mm. through the purification process in their rites as Hebrews. She put that on the altar, and Eli marked her words and told her as the priest to go, and the Lord grant you your petition. And when she left, the Lord answered. Mm. 
that was available to her every year she went to that altar. Mm. But that was the year she gave it to God. And breaking a soul tie when it's that connected to you, when it's sometimes something that is just that grievously on you, maybe you've been grieving a loved one for 30 years, you know, you've been going to the Lord with your grief over and over and over again. Maybe you need to do what Hannah did. Maybe you need to just purify yourself before God in prayer and sanctification. Maybe you need to take your petition to the altar, and maybe you need to give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I give this to you. In her case, it was Samuel. All the days of his life, if you give me a child, I will give him to you all forever. We just need to give things to God like Hannah gave Samuel yeah, I agree with that. Well, another way to tell that there is a soul tie is through um, commitments and ties that are made through sexual contact. We referred to that a while ago when a man and a woman come together, they're made one. Unfortunately, there are some very unhealthy soul ties that are made outside of marriage, but also through abuse, sexual abuse and that kind of thing. There's some people that, are, that still feel the shame of the abusive event because they have a soul tie to that person and to that event. And one of the most healing things, Rick, is to see somebody allow God to sever it. See, the shame, if somebody abused you, the shame belongs to them. The perversion belongs to them. The lying belongs to them. But somehow you've gotten connected and they've shared these things with you. So we have to say, I I refuse the shame. I forgive because I don't want to be connected. See, forgiveness is a very important thing in getting a soul tie disconnected because it doesn't mean what they did was right, but it disconnects you from it. And so you release that, and then you ask the Lord to cut it. Now, I often will call out the name. So if you want to be released from a former sexual exploit or from abuse, it you may not know the name, but if you do, you can say, let's say that the name was Doug. Doug, I refuse this relationship with you. I cut this tie in the name of Jesus, and Lord, I ask that you sever me, sever my soul from this person's soul, and send back everything that belongs to them. I let that go in the name of Jesus. The Lord will cut it. Now, I've ministered to a lot of people that had a lot of sexual conquests or maybe even abuse that where they didn't know the person, and they became distraught. They're like, I don't even know. Don't. Hey, the shame does not belong to you. Once you repent, once you become a believer, the Lord washes you clean. If you feel dirty and he has washed you clean, there's probably some kind of a tie that needs to be loosed. So all you have to do is say, God, you see that I've repented for every act that I participated in willingly. And right now I forgive those people. I forgive myself, but I also forgive those that that came against my will. And I ask you right now, whether I know the name or not, to cut me from that tie in the name of Jesus. And then for good measure, I probably would just say, now, shame, go. Guilt, go. I'm not entertaining you one more day. I cut myself from this in the name of Jesus, and it's very powerful. We live in a world of lies. And unfortunately, when we seek help and we don't have a good spiritual mentorship, we don't have a good relationship with a good fivefold ministry, we don't have a good church to go to, we don't have good leadership, we go to a zillion self-help books, we go to a zillion seminars, we go to all these different places, and people have all these shades of gray of the truth. Almost true, not quite true, totally a lie, sort of a lie, (laughs) 
and we get all this confusing information yeah. and we'll hear from 27 sources. But the point is, is that the, the most important thing about breaking a soul tie is recognizing what it is that we believe that's a lie that's connecting us so that doesn't let us let it go. Mm-hmm. That's true. So we don't have to be tied to anything, but it is important to have healthy soul ties, and it's important to tie ourselves to the Lord. Sometimes when you've had bad bad experiences and you've had soul ties that have been unhealthy and bad, when you find yourself trying to reconnect, it sometimes there's a little PTSD connected to that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I've had friends that totally stabbed me in the back. It was very hard. People I was connected to, you know, David said it was wasn't wasn't my enemy, but it was my friend, the person that I walked to the house of God with. Is, Amen. Is yeah. what caused it. So there are going to be there. There's some pain related to connecting with people, but if we trust in the Lord and love like He loved, I think that the benefits of being connected with people far outweigh. Well, like you said, connect with the Lord, and then He'll show you who He'll bring people to you to connect with. Yeah. It's when you don't trust God first that's when the counterfeits come into your life, and you end up trusting people you shouldn't trust, and that's where all the pain really comes in. Yeah. And if you're single and you're wanting a relationship, the best thing you can do, cut off any of those soul ties. That may what's be what's keeping you from being connected there as well. Amen. So that's just a little tipperoony at the end of the day. All right, it's good talking to you. Good seeing Did you. Did you get everything out that you needed to get out? I think, and probably a little more than I should have. <laughs> that's I think what we, we do. Went, as Pastor says, we had a few rabbit trails. <laughs> Miracle of Deliverance is in partnership with the online deliverance magazine, Driven to Be Free. It's the one-place stop for all things deliverance. Check us out for articles, events, and more at DrivenToBeFree.org. Or go to MiracleOfDeliverance.com for various teachings and resources.